leap of faith. Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in film, Devin. And today, we're here to review and discuss the latest semi-biopic movie that is Dumb Money. And before we begin today's episode... You can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at Film Optics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, are you ready to take down Wall Street? <laughs> diamond hands baby diamond fists diamond hands hold hold hodl <laughs> hodl <laughs> i remember seeing that somewhere as this whole thing was happening but yeah you've been good uh this is our what second episode of the day that we're recording but yeah have, have you been playing speaking of dumb money since this is talking about you know GameStop. What have what have you been playing outside of uh, Starfield? Or are you still diving into that world? I'm all aboard the Starfield train. Oh boy! I, I really need to to start the new Cyberpunk DLC, but two two futuristic sci-fi RPGs at once is just too much to handle. I just gotta <laughs> stick with Starfield for now. Hey, count yourself lucky, man. In about like 18 days, Spider-Man 2 is hitting PlayStation 5. So I will be diving into that. Uh, I do have Starfield as well. I just, man, I've been playing a lot of Alan Wake. I beat the first Alan Wake game, finally. Um, It actually didn't. It took me like two weekends to beat. But I'm going through the the DLC or the extra episodes. Um, So I was like, man. Have you played Control? I've not played Control, but I know that there it's it's a shared universe, you know, with Control and Alan Wake. I know that they they make uh, references, but I'm trying to figure out: Do I play Alan Wake two first and then go to Control? Because I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to beat Control and the DLC, and then push on to Alan Wake two. I don't know. I'm not sure. And do all of this by the time. That Spider-Man Two comes out for PlayStation Five. It's going to be a doozy, but it's one of the I, one of the best years of gaming we've had in a long time. I think so. It's just, I guess it depends. I saw Paris Lilly's tweet, and I was like, "Well, I agree with him to a point, but he also, it's easy to say that when you have like multiple consoles and whatnot." But yeah. It's it's a pretty good year for gaming for sure. I want to check out Baldur's Gate as well, but you know, there's never enough time to do everything that you want, so you have to kind of pick and choose. Maybe one day I'll play Baldur's Gate when it's like on sale for like 30, 35 bucks <laughs> or something. But as we have mentioned before, this is a review, not necessarily a spoiler-free review or a spoiler review because Dumb Money is based off of true events. And it's like a David and Goliath type tale. But yeah, no real 
no real spoilers here. We're just kind of kind of dive straight into this one. But with all that said, we'll be right back after this introduction to Dumb Money, the GameStop story. Yo, what up, everybody? Roaring Kitty here. I'm going to pick a stock and talk about why I think it's interesting. And that stock is GameStop. I love this guy. Retail traders have hooked into GameStop. I think they think it's a good investment. It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. Who is this schmuck? Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. Wall Street is betting that this company is going to fail. But if it fails, these hedge fund assholes make a shit ton of money. 70,000 people have watched this video. Titty, I love you! If he's in, I'm in. If he's in, I'm in. GameStop, those shares not stopping. Those stocks only going to go up. When they hit, I'm going to buy you a mansion. Let's drink to that. My brother is a fucking nerd. Wall Street must be seeing this, right? Holy fucking shit. Holy shit. You should probably dial in. Holy fucking shit. Do you have a minute? I, uh, um. Babe, how much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. And yesterday? Four million. And yesterday? A billion. Babe. Yeah. We're like really fucking rich. And we are back with our Dumb Money review. This film is directed by Craig Gillespie. And writers include Lauren Shucker Blum, Rebecca Angelo, and Ben Mesrich. And stars Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, Seth Rogen, and Cheyenne Woodley. There's there's so many amazing characters and 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 Anthony Ramos is as well. It's it's it is a cluster. And oh my gosh, um, Falcon Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier. Um, what is his name? I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Winter Soldier, MCU. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan is also in this movie. <laughs> and man, oh man, it is, it's crazy. It's, it is a crazy, crazy ride. Uh, like I said before, we're going to just dive straight into this one because we've been wanting to review this one for a while. And, um, we, I was finally able to go see it, um, in theaters. I, I did a double movie day with the creator and then I went to go see dumb money um, about an hour after. And man, it was, it was a great day for like the movies. It was, it was fantastic. Got to see some really awesome trailers and IMAX for the creator. And I got to see this awesome dumb money story that Devin saw. I think it was last week. And I don't think this movie's being talked enough a lot or as much as we would like. So we're going to be a part of that conversation and hopefully our thoughts and opinions will get you to go see this movie to form your own opinion about it. And yeah, so we're going to dive straight on in. Devin, what are your initial thoughts or your thoughts about Dumb Money, the GameStop story? Yeah, going into this one, I was I was very excited because this, obviously this all happened, what year was it, like 2020 when this all started going down? Same mm-hmm. year as pandemic. Like we all lived through this and it's just crazy to think about looking back at it, just all the events that unfolded and how crazy it all was. And we didn't even realize how crazy it all was while it was happening. And it's, a, it's like a perfect cross section. Cause obviously we we've all been to GameStop. We all grew up on GameStop and we all knew about part of the story. And then 
around that time is when a lot of people, myself included, first started investing into the, into the stock market because of Robinhood and the ease of use that app had. And, and it didn't take any money away from you when you made investments. And that was kind of the selling point for it. And this movie shows that that app had a lot of drama surrounding it and a lot of accusations and definitely has its issues ongoing today. But as far as the movie goes, it's very entertaining movie. It doesn't quite live up to like, like, um, like a Wolf of Wall Street or like, uh, the big short it doesn't quite hit the highs that those movies do, but it's still a very solid movie as far as a, an up biopic type of movie about something that happened so briefly, like so, so shortly ago, it feels like, um, it really feels like they really brought this one and pulled everything together within like a year or two. Like I remember we first got announcements for this, like yeah, a year after it all happened, we were like, well, if they're already making a movie, like it's just a story like this is just so crazy that you kind of just have to make a movie about it because especially if we, if we watch it like 10 to 20 years from now, looking back on it, it's very much so a perfect time capsule for what we all went through in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be so odd to look back at. It already is odd to look back at. It's only been a couple of years removed and it's like, everyone's wearing masks and no one can go anywhere. Everything's shut down. Like it's all just so crazy to think about. And I just love this story because I, I mean, I was kind of kicking myself throughout the movie because I didn't end up ever investing in GameStop. And I really wish I would have, because as this movie shows, it was very, very lucrative for a few <laughs> select people to invest into GameStop. Cause I remember seeing the memes. Like I remember seeing the, um, the soaring, soaring kitty guy, like his face pop up everywhere and the hodl memes and just all of it. And the wall street bets, Reddit page. I remember seeing that pop up, but I was just like, it's GameStop. Why would anyone ever invest in GameStop? Because at that point everyone did think it was going to close. And that's what the big investors thought as well. That's what wall street Mm -hmm. thought. So that's why they were shorting it. So it's just, just, it was just very cool to see it from all these different perspectives, just the story um, from these different characters and, this cast is just insane. You said, like you said, Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Vincent Nafrio. We got America, <laughs> America Ferreira, Nick Offerman, Sebastian Stan. We throw in Clancy Brown in there. We got Dane DeHaan. Like I know, just never ends. And they all, they all, they all play their characters. So especially Sebastian Stan, he, he was he stole the show for me as Vlad Tenev. I don't know if you've ever seen that guy in real life, but. That's exactly how weird and off-putting that guy is. Like he's the CEO of Robin Hood, and he's just so sketchy. Every interview he's ever had, he's just like, you don't believe a word he says. So he's like Mark Zuckerberg, like two point <laughs> Or do you? <laughs> I mean, he's got more personality than Mark Zuckerberg, but he's just so sketchy. Zuckerberg is a freaking computer man. But he's the creator. He literally, yes, he is the creator. Um, but. Being a, a dedicated gamer uh, for myself and for Devin in, in general, um, this this movie, this this film filled me with pride um, that we've you know essentially have been supporters to GameStop throughout the years. I know that you know GameStop hasn't always been the best place to like trading games or whatnot, but at the same time, there's always something that you were able to find there, or there was always some kind of deal going on. Like when we were kids, probably, and I, I remember this is <laughs> Devin probably does too. It, me and Devin went to GameStop to pre-order Modern Warfare 2. 
um, for the original Modern Warfare 2 for Xbox 360. There's so many GameStop stories. That's just a place you went to and you had nothing else to do. You're just like, you want to go to game? We still, we still, we still do it today. Like, you just yeah. <laughs> go on down to GameStop. Yeah, we did it when I when I came home a, a few about a month ago. Like it was it was just crazy. But like, yeah, I remember us going to GameStop, pre-ordering Modern Warfare Two, um, and we were. I think we went to go. No, yeah, we went to go pick up our copies of Modern Warfare Two. We already pre-ordered it, and I'm a few years older than Devin, so I was already 18, or I think it was 17. That's what they changed it to for to buy rated our games. So we went to go, <laughs> we went to go pick up our copies. I picked mine up first and the cashier, the GameStop cashier would not let Devin pick up his copy of Modern Warfare 2 because he was not 17 and it made no sense that you're GameStop. You're allowed to pre-order it, but you're not allowed to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Devin was able to pre-order a game, a rated R game, but he couldn't pick it up. So he had to call his mom. And come up to GameStop so that she can buy it for him. But yeah, that that's just it's a short story. But like, it was it, we have so many of those stories for GameStop. So this this uh, movie really just hit home for for me at least. Um, I'm sure it's a different Devin, but yeah, we've been a supporter of GameStop for years, and you know it's it's heartwarming. Um, it is like a semi biographical picture that. Honestly, I think it, this is like easily one of my favorites of the year because it's just so funny the way that it exposes the corruption of Wall Street. It's truly eye opening. We all know that Wall Street is like messed up anyway, but like what happens in this film, especially when it came to Robin Hood, um, you know, when, when GameStop, when all bets were against GameStop. And uh, Robinhood was closing out. They were not allowing people to. I remember that day. Like that was so messed up. Like, and everyone knew it as soon as it happened. Everyone was like, "You can't do that." Like that's yeah. so wrong. It was terrible. And you know, with the, with this movie, it's just I I love how we're able. We're finally kind of in that age where you know me and Devin we we were both born we're both '90s kids millennials. We're starting to see movies that reflected things that we actually remember happening. Um, you know the whole with this movie kind of sort of reminds me of Air in a way. Like we were alive or you know just being born when all that was happening but we don't really remember it but this is the movie that we're going to remember like forever because it it only happened a few years ago i think it's a great concept because they have all the information they have the blueprint and it's like this is a very interesting story to tell so let's tell it and everyone involved when it came to the cast everyone killed it everybody killed it in this movie and Paul Dano playing Keith Gill. He was perfect. He was so perfect. Just this Roaring guy. Kitty, who, baby. I know like Roaring Kitty. Uh, I, of course, when it comes to Pete Davidson, he's, he's funny in any role, but I think he was a little bit funnier here than he was in Transformers. Cause <laughs> I think when he was, he was watching one of the live streams and he saw, I think it was uh, Nick Offerman's character. Uh, he plays uh, Ken Griffin. He was like, "Oh, he, look, he looks like a Disney Disney villain." I was like, "What?" I his his offhanded comments 
when it comes to Pete Davidson was, uh, it's, it's hilarious, but it really just shows how this movie was able to show different aspects of the same event that was happening. You had the kids who were in college, you know, they're doing their thing. You had, um, America Ferrera playing Jenny. She was a nurse, you know, she had two kids, her kids needed braces and you, you see it from the corporal world and just from the everyday working American. It really is crazy. Like this is, this was a once in a lifetime event that we were all witness to. Like we all lived through it. And it's something that it probably will never happen again, just because wall street always wins. Like it kind of shows at the end, even though there's a glimpse of hope with the ending here that it shows, it has that little blurb at the end where it's like, we took down the big man, but I just feel like they're always going to bail each other out. So, Oh yeah. It's yeah. Especially when that happened in, in the movie, it's like it, you, you have, and Anthony Ramos playing Marcus, uh, Garcia, you know, he was a GameStop employer, <laughs> like just, you know, kind of living, living that, um, and within that world. And I don't think Devin's Devin's never worked at GameStop, but I have. And oh, yeah. it sucks <laughs> when you are, if you're not a manager at GameStop, it's terrible. And I know that like, I just went on this huge rant saying like, you know, I, I feel proud to like be like a contributor to GameStop because I am, but at the same time, I would never want to work there if I wasn't a manager. Um, because if you're a manager, you're getting like those 40 hour work weeks. When I worked there in college, I was getting maybe three to six and that was about it. It's, it's a very, it's, it's a very high school job. We have a friend who actually worked at GameStop for a while as well, but he kind of rised the ranks, but it was, it's for, for him, it's a, it's a job that fit him perfectly, but you know, everyone had that dream of working at GameStop when they were a kid. But yeah, I've been on the other side of that that fence, and it's not what it's cracked up to be. Especially if you're uh, either a, a high schooler or not even a high schooler, just like a college kid actually looking for more work. But um, I digress. Uh, when it comes to this movie, it's it's great. You know, the the writing is fantastic. It made me laugh. It was just it was everything I wanted it to be. And it's like, you know, it the whole concept of this movie is the top 1% thinks that you're dumb. And it shows that, you know, the top 1% can be wrong a lot of the times. And it's just one of those eye-opening experiences where, you know, through the power of, of movies where it shows how corrupt Wall Street actually is. And I I love how we were kind of able to see into that world just a little bit and to go through this ride. But I do agree with Devin. I'm kicking myself for not investing in games. Imagine, man. Although we we say that, but then we would not have held. There's no way in hell I no, would have held. Oh, dude, I would have cashed out. Like, as yeah, soon as- like <laughs> I would not have been that into the movement like these characters were. They were, but like when it comes, it shows for this movie, you know, when it comes to like the solidarity of, you know, we just saw this with the writer's strike and the actor's strike, like everyone for the writer's strike is over, but everyone, all the writers, they held together. They held together. They held that hold 
huddle. <laughs> they held together. And, you know, when it comes to solidarity, that's when it works. It's when everyone is working together. Like, obviously, on the Internet, this this movie shows the power of the Internet. And it's like a lot of those people probably did. But, yeah, knowing me, <laughs> I would have not the second that I would have gotten some money. But, like, if I would have had, like, a nice pile of cash, it was like, yeah. I, you, see, I you see 20 grand sitting in your account after, like, a $100 investment. I'm cashing out. <laughs> I'm cashing out. Like, hey, man, power to the people. But, like. Listen, your boy, your boy, your boy's got bills. <laughs> I would have cashed out in the hindsight. Seriously, but and we uh, and we see that throughout the movie with uh, the two college uh, kids as well. Uh, for Harmony Williams and I don't think the other girl is on here. She was. Oh no, here she is, uh, Riri. Uh, she was in by Bodies, 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 um, Hala Harold as well. So th- they played the uh, the two college kids who were um, like because they, they did sell out at first because they're like, you know, they were trying to figure out what Roaring Kitty, Keith Gill was doing. And they blocked like that entire Reddit page. I, man, I remember that. People were pissed. So pissed. It was just it was so messed up. It was, it was, but I just, I just, it just brings back to the point. I just love how much of a time capsule this movie is and will continue to be like it it nailed every part of the year 2000 slash 2021. Like even, even using the, the uh, Savage song throughout the movie, that was like the biggest song that year. And that was the biggest song on TikTok and TikTok was becoming a huge thing. Like it all just tied together so well. Let's take a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. That and it, even even the the smallest detail for like, you know, there's there's only like maybe a few posters for this, but it's using the GameStop font for dumb money, and you know it's it's in white and red. Um, you know, it, there's when it comes to GameStop, I, I can't even imagine what EB Games would have been through. But I guess um, actually EB Games is like still a thing in like Canada, I think. But like in the states, I don't think EB Games is a thing anymore because that was owned by the same company. If I, if I remember correctly, but this uh, movie is, uh, was was by by the gamers for the gamers <laughs> because hey, don't you can't don't bet against GameStop because they're they're gonna come back. But I do remember when it looked like GameStop doors were were closing because it was you know the gaming industry is going in a different direction when it comes to, you know, an all digital future and GameStop among a lot of like mom and pop shops. Uh, there's a place out here uh, by me called McKay's. Um, it's kind of like an emporium of like physical media, books, movies, uh, music, all that stuff, vinyl records that you can buy, like pretty much everything you can find at GameStop, but like 
times 10. But like we don't get a lot of stores that kind of, you know, just have that the trade in value. Like people still trade in physical copies of games. You can't really do that anywhere else. And it's like if GameStop went out of business, I think that would have been sad. It would have been very sad to see because it's like that that's like a relic, like one of the last standing relics out there, because I don't even think Best Buy does uh, trade ins anymore. But going back to the movie, just showing that the power of GameStop and just the power of the Internet and how they were able to uh, give a, a big old middle finger to the one percent was. was yeah, I really awesome. like the movie poster. That was just the middle, the giant middle <laughs> finger. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it makes you want to stand up and, and cheer. It, it it really, really does. Yeah, the, like, the yeah. ending, honestly, really was, like, hopeful and inspirational. Like, the the hearing that, that Roaring Kitty had and his speech was pretty pretty inspirational. Even though, like like we like we said, it's kind of depressing because I don't think much is going to change, if anything. But it, yeah, it, if anything, it, it rocks the boat. It, it, we, we moved the boulder a few inches to show that it is possible to kind of, you know, uh, st- stick it to the man or whatever you want to, <laughs> however you want to say it. But it, it was great. You know, Cheyenne Woodley. Um, I know we haven't really talked about her, but I just, I do want to say like, I, I loved, I love how we were able to see the home life of, uh, Caroline Gill and Keith Gill, you know, played by, uh, Cheyenne, uh, Cheyenne Woodley and um, Paul Dano because it, it could have been one of those um, movies where oh you know it's very by the numbers you know he's addicted to like you know Wall Street, Wall Street bets and stuff and you know his his wife ends up leaving him he loses everything and it's like well no that's not really what happened she was actually very supportive of her husband and it was like yeah let's sink our life savings into GameStop stock because he knows so much about the operations of this company and how it fluctuates. Like that's crazy. You don't see that every day. I'm not sure how true that is to the actual story, but if it is, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I like how he was able to, you know, him and his wife were, able to kind of, you know, they were on the same page. It wasn't like a by the numbers kind of guessing thing. We're like, Oh, I'm going to leave you. Even though she did say that in the movie and it's like, well, they only have one car. <laughs> he went for a run. So she couldn't, she couldn't go to her mother's, <laughs> but Damn, uh, let's, good old Pete was on a door dash run. <laughs> he is a first responder. <laughs> yep. <laughs> My theater was dying when he when he delivered that line. His mom's like, DoorDash is not a real is not a real career. He said, F you mom, I'm a first responder. So good. <laughs> he was eating everyone's meals, going through those Wendy's bags, man. I was like, oh man, I would have been so That, that really it really makes it a shame because um this movie is not performing well at all. It had a budget of $30 million and it's currently, mm-hmm. according to IMDb, it's at around $8 million worldwide. Like it's really just not hitting any audiences. And then I no, think it should which, be. 
I, I, and I think more people should go see this movie. Um, just because, you know, it's, no, it's not original, but it's like, it's, it's just a, it's such an interesting story and it tells a powerful, um, just a powerful narrative of the working class, just shaking it up at when it comes to like wall street, because you know, they, people on wall street, you know, the 1%, they, they live in a totally different world than, than we do. Like we're not even, it, it's like, we're not even on the same planet at, at some points. And yeah, it's, it's a little disheartening, but I'm, I'm hoping as many people go see this movies um, as they can. I know it's rated R, like it kind of has to be, but it's just great. It's, oh man, it's so eye opening. I was like, I, I would definitely own this on, on physical media. Cause it's, it's just, it's an important piece of history. Um, especially around the, um, the COVID pandemic, um, age. So yeah. Uh, let's get into our final thoughts and our ratings of dumb money. Uh, Devin, uh, what are your final thoughts and ratings of this film? Yeah. Final thoughts. Like I said, it's a perfect time capsule for this time. Um, very entertaining. The cast, like we said, is insane. Everywhere you look, there's a, there's a great actor portraying a either terrible person as a character or a very entertaining, normal person as a character. And they all do a good job of that. Um, like I said, it doesn't really reach the very highs of some of the other similar type movies that it kind of modeled itself after. But I still think it was very well made and a very good movie. And I would probably give it like a like an 83 overall. You say 83? Okay, yeah. I was going to give this um, a... I was going to give it a solid 80, actually. Uh, much for, for the same reasons that you uh, gave it. Just It's it's something you know near and dear to our heart when it comes to GameStop. And I was like, oh, man. Like, like you said, we knew this movie was coming out, and it finally did. And uh, we were looking forward to it. And you know, we both enjoyed the crap out of it. And I wish it was make getting a little bit more love, not saying it needs to like, you know, make all the money in the world, but I wanted to shake up the box office just a little bit. Um, but hopefully it, it might, I I don't know, I guess it just depends. We're kind of like in that, you know, we're, there's more shows and TV or not TV, excuse me, films coming out. So, I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but either way, I'm glad it got made because it's an important piece of uh, internet history for sure. So, yeah. You said an 83? Yep. 83 from Devin and an 80 from me. So, the median score, our overall score for Dumb Money is 81.50 or 81.5 out of 100 will be our official podcast score of Dumb Money. And with all that said, that does conclude today's episode. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram threads at film optics. That is optics with an X. And don't forget to share an episode of our podcast with a fellow movie lover in need, whether it's your mother, your brother, or your significant other spread the love for the film optics podcast with a movie lover in need. Now let's take a sneak peek at what's coming up next on the show. So what's coming up next, we have our Continental Episode 3 review that we'll be covering sometime this week, as well as our Ahsoka Episode 5 through 8 review, the last four episodes of 
that series. And we're also going to be covering the fall of the House of Usher. That will be hitting, that actually will be releasing on October 12th, the same day that it is releasing on Netflix. And we're also going to be covering Loki season two, episode one for all you guys out there. And what you can listen to now, of course, you can listen to our The Creator review that we did a few days ago, as well as our Genevieve episode of 123 review, as well as our Continental episode two, episode one and two review, excuse me, as, and as well as our No One Will Save You review for everyone to listen to and kind of just, you know, it's we're in the middle of fall or autumn, wherever you, uh, whatever, however you um for it or say uh this time of year the autumn equinox and wanted to thank you all for listening to our show if you enjoy what you heard please take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review on apple podcast and spotify and stay connected with us by following us again on twitter and instagram threads for all the latest updates that was devin my name is christian signing off and remember life is like a movie so go out there mess up Wall Street. No, I was kidding. Go out there and make it a blockbuster. <laughs> Peace. Dumb money.